Welcome to Mission Control, Peralta Design's podcast on all things branding and digital marketing. Since 2008, Peralta Design has launched hundreds of brands with award-winning identities and websites. Join our hosts Ramon and Jorge as they use decades of combined experience to tackle topics with past clients, industry partners, and the rest of the PD crew. At Peralta Design, we launch brands. But for now, let's launch right into this episode of Mission Control. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Mission Control, Peralta Design's official podcast for everything branding, marketing, entrepreneurship, where we respect the grind and we reclaim the American dream. I am your host, Ramon Peralta from Peralta Design, and we launch brands. Today, I'm super, super excited to have a a gentleman that's become a dear friend of mine. Um, He's local. He's intelligent. He's prolific. He's creative. He is Tom Matthews, the National Director of Marketing for Contractor Nation. Welcome, Tom, to the show. Ramon, thank you so much for that introduction. Uh, I'm not sure I can live up to it over uh, the next hour in this conversation, but I'm going to do my best to be prolific, creative, and all the rest. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here, and uh, I'm so glad that I've gotten the chance to know you and learn about your business and in the world a better place. So uh, super happy to be with you for this conversation. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. T- give us, tell the audience a little bit about you. Give us your best like backstory. Sure. So um, my current position, as you mentioned, I am the National Director of Marketing and Contractor Nation, but uh, it's, it's been a bit of a, a winding path to get here. And along the way, I've had a lot of really good um, adventures. I'm very fortunate in my career to have worked with some really honestly, exceedingly talented and creative people. So uh, I'm thankful for that. I look at my career really in three parts. Uh, I was a journalist, and then I was in digital media, and now I'm in marketing. And uh, as I look back, really, um, they overlapped in different ways and intersected in different ways, uh, but they did definitely have distinct pieces um, during that journey. So um, if you'd like, I could talk a little bit about each you want to do that each stop uh, in conversation. Yeah, excellent. I First of all, any relation to Dave Matthews? So we can just kind of get that out of the way. Uh, no, definitely not. I mean, the only, we're not officially related, um, although we have uh, great singing voices in common. So, uh, <laughs> but not officially related. Excellent. Now, tell me what your passion is out of those three things. What, what do you really love? What do you think your gift is? Uh, I believe my gift is communication. Mm-hmm. I believe I'm a highly effective communicator um, and I'm really strong at uh, presenting messages um, that really have impact in many different ways, whether it's um, selling more product or helping bring people together, uh, whether it's a community or a business, or um, also helping people learn. I, all of my experience has led me to better understand that I believe that that's why I'm here is to help people um, with their communications, which I know is broad. And I know we're going to talk about that today. And there's a lot of different components to that. But if I had an umbrella term, it would be that all of my experience has helped me um, become a strong communicator. Mm-hmm. Well, I certainly enjoy chatting with you. I know we've, we've gone out to lunch a few times and I enjoy the conversations. You're just one of those guys that are easy to talk to, um, you know, just uh, charming and just, uh, you know, I, I, I could just I could just talk to you for hours, but we are limited today. 
to to one episode, but we certainly would love to have you back. Now, how did you get started in journal? So you mentioned journalism first. Were you a reporter? Did you did yeah. you like? Were you on the beat? You know what what was the deal? Yeah, I, I was a real uh, a real card carrying journalist. I went to journalism school, mm-hmm. and I really had this dream of being a journalist since I was um, a young kid. Um, you know, I come from a, a line of writers in my family, so I sort of was uh, had that in my blood a little bit. Um, and I had a few people in the family who had been uh, in the newspaper business, so it was very interesting to me. And I love the idea of storytelling and getting to uh, really know people and tell their stories. So I went to Boston University and spent a lot of time there on the student newspaper, which was an incredible um, experience. And then a professor hooked me up with a job at the Boston Herald, which was the tabloid in Boston at the time. And um, you know, I hate to date myself uh, too much here, but uh, these, this was a time when newspapers really meant something in the yeah. world still in terms of the print form of them. They, yeah. they had a different standing in the world. Pe- people really trusted them and turned right. to them as the main source of news. And I really took that seriously. Right. Um, so after I graduated from uh, Boston University, which was a tremendous experience for me, I had a friend and she said, uh, Tom, the New York Times is hiring. I said, the New York Times is hiring? I'm like, holy cow, you know, and I had this dream that I was going to walk in there and be handed the best beat in the place, you know, high level reporter. Next thing I knew, I was getting coffee and making copies down on uh, West 43rd Street in Manhattan. (laughs) I will say I was in the door. And as you know, uh, coming out of college uh, or your early days of your career, that's incredibly important. So um, I have to tell you, it was I was only there for about two years, but it was such a formative experience for me. I saw like total pros at work every day in so many different scenarios. And, you know, I was very bright eyed and bushy tailed, as they say. And so I was very open to learning. And I knew the opportunity at hand for me, like I was fully aware of how important this was and how fortunate I was. So I really approached every day is like, what can I learn today? And honestly, the work was not glamorous. Like I said, I mean, I I did become quite a, uh, a master of fixing the Xerox machine and then uh, and how to get the right cream and sugar and all the important people's coffee. But, you know, I really observed like being a journalist is being an observer, right? And uh, no matter what job you had, there's always an opportunity to, to observe and learn from that. And in that, in that scene, it was fast paced, um, always changing, so dynamic, but really ultimately what was probably one of the most important lessons for me there was working in this environment of high standards. I mean, these people took journalism so seriously. There was such a vetting process for um, the work that was being done. And as they began to know me and trust me, they gave me some opportunities. So I would be called via beeper um, at uh, at odd hours. And they would say, hey, Tom, there's uh, a riot out in Brooklyn. Or Tom, there's a big flood on the Upper West Side. And I would be like, oh, I would literally grab my notebook and run out the door. And um, I would interview people on the scene and um, write up some kind of, uh, we called it color, um, you know, of what was happening at the scene, you know, the water flood. And then I would feed that back to the rewrite man on the desk. And then he would write up the story. And of course, he would always get the byline. But uh, I was happy to be gaining the experience. And so um, that would be happening. In the meantime, I was observing the editors and reporters at work, you know, getting really stressed and sometimes getting angry at one another. I mean, incredible environment. I watched a guy when his column was trimmed by too many words, he, um, he yelled and swore and then he kicked a garbage can across the newsroom. <laughs> it was awesome. And I was like, wow. And I was like, this is great. What am I going to get a chance to kick a garbage can? So, uh, uh, so anyways, incredible experience. I'm, I'm really thankful for it. Um, 
they're probably the one of the most important moments of my career came there when uh, after about two years and I was getting itchy to become a full-time reporter and sort of get off the Xerox machine beat, um, a woman came to me and said, hey, Tom, have you ever thought about becoming an editor? And my heart sort of sank because I was like, I, I knew immediately what she was saying was, maybe you shouldn't be a reporter. So it was like a real punch in the gut to me. I really liked this woman, you know. I went into the meeting thinking, this is it. This is my moment. She's going to offer me the beat. She's like, how about becoming an editor? I'm like, oh. But I will say thanks to the Antarctica and how I could help other people. So um, it really changed my thinking on where I should go in my career. And yeah. um, then I went on from a few different places after that. Yeah, well, I want to get to that. And I, I, had, I can relate a lot to you with uh, the newspaper business because that was my first real job you know out of college I remember I applied to be an illustrator you know <laughs> and and uh, that was my dream job like drawing and and uh, you know I went up against a guy who had like 11 years experience and and needless to say I didn't get the job I was fresh out of school and and uh, but I said what well, what else do you got you know and then uh, they sent me down to the composing room so that's how old I am so okay, is, now we're talking. Yeah, this is before pagination. Totally, I was there. So my interview is consisted of, do you know pikers and points? <laughs> you know, that was it. And I said, yes. And he, they handed me a pika ruler. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. And I, I worked and cut many fingertips off. You know, uh, I used to be in the support <laughs> section. Totally, working the exacto blade and all the that. Exacto right? blades and uh, the waxers, you know, and... and uh, and then by the time I left, we, we had, you know, the advent of computers you know, came around. <laughs> exactly. Bill Gates saved your life. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, but I, 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 I also, you know, I, I tell that story to young people all the time because it's like getting your foot in the door, uh, you know, then you can move around and, and, and you can learn so much. And, and uh, you mentioned – you know, I, I mean, you know where I want to go with this. I, I can't wait to hear about NBC. Sure. How did you get there? Because I picture you hanging out with Tracy Morgan and Tina Fey and you know, Alex. <laughs> oh, that's totally accurate. No, that, you're right. They were really more <laughs> hanging out with me. If we're going to tell the story correctly. But, uh, well, fast forward from New York Times, I went to um, Dow Jones and then I went to um, a smaller newspaper in Connecticut. And then what happened was I really saw the writing on the wall with newspapers, which was yeah. sad, but it was yeah. dying. It was. And of course, the internet accelerated the pace of that, um, those changes. And so thankfully, um, somebody came to me, somebody I knew. And this is another part of this story that we can talk about more after uh, in, in the discussion room is just the importance of networking, connecting. Yeah. I, I went back the other day and looked at all the jobs I've had and I've always known somebody. And so somebody came to me and said, hey, Tom, you know NBC Sports? I'm like, of course I know NBC Sports. Come on. And they were like, well, they're launching their first ever sports website. And this was actually 2006. I'm like, wow, they don't have one already. They're like, nah, they're TV station, you know, TV company. They're a little bit uh, slow with it. I said, okay. And they said, would you be interested in working there? And I'm thinking, of course, I would love to be interested. Uh, pardon me, I'd love to work there. And they said, you know, what's your digital experience? And I'm like, what's the right answer here? I'm like, I guess, honestly, I'm like, it's none, none at all. And they're like, okay, fine. But we really like your editorial experience. And we, you know, we heard good things about you. I said, okay, great. I had a conversation with someone next thing I knew. I was helping NBC Sports launch its first website. Wow. And, and that's, that's how I landed at NBC. Uh, contact put me in touch with uh, the person who was hiring, and they liked my experience. And for whatever reason, they said, we'll give you a shot. And they basically said, can you learn? Are you open to learning? I said, I am. They said, good. You can learn as you go. And I said, okay, great. Yeah. 
Now, what was the culture like? Because I, I had an experience where I, as a kid, I collected comic books and, and, uh, you know, several years ago, I had an opportunity to, uh, visit Marvel comics in Manhattan. And when I went, when I walked through there, it, I have to admit it was a letdown because I expected it to be such a fun place. And the environment was rather dark Let's okay. that way. You couldn't take pictures. There were no like guys walking around in costumes. Like I thought I would see, I don't know what I expected, but it's, it's that idea that they say, don't meet your heroes because you have this vision of someone. And then it's not like that, but totally. what was NBC? Like, was it, cause I, you know, from, from a consumer standpoint, it would be the most fun place to work. What, what, what yeah. was the culture really like? It was um, high energy, creative, mm-hmm. and really competitive. Mm-hmm. I worked at different places for NBC because their sports and Olympics operation, which is where I uh, spent most of my time there, was based in Stamford. And then I would spend a little time down at 30 Rock, mm-hmm. um, kind of commuting, you know, uh, occasionally down to 30 Rock. And then by the time of uh, the last two years of my tenure at NBC, I was at 30 Rock full time. But in general, definitely high energy, creative, and really competitive. I mean, you were talking about um, supremely talented, driven people you were working with every single day of the week. So you had to basically bring your A game to the office. There was like no off day mm-hmm. at the office. And it wasn't cutthroat by any means. They were really good people, super passionate, committed people. But they were smart and creative and they pushed hard, like really ambitious. And they really believed in what they were doing. So they had that drive to really be the best at it. And when you work for, a, as uh, I'm sure you're aware, when you're working for a really well-known public brand like that, it comes with sort of the additional pressure of having to deliver all the time. There is a really high expectation. So um, that was um, something that I really liked and what had attracted me to the job in the first place, but it was even more challenging than I thought it would be. I mean, you, like I said, you had to be ready to go every day. Now, was it like the major leagues in that, you know, uh, you know, one year Johnny Damon is playing for the Red Sox and then the Yankees want him. And so he's a Yankee. Were there people that came from ABC or CBS or no? Um, NBC was pretty consistent um, with its talent. You know, obviously I was behind the scenes. I- but they were consistent because that really mattered to them. They felt that that was important to have that consistency with the face on the camera, um, you know, that was relevant uh, to a particular aspect of the business. So like on the Olympic side, Bob Costas, as you may know, was, was really the voice in the face of the Olympics in prime time for many, many years. And they liked that consistency. And of course, he was a total pro, right? So there was good reason for wanting to keep him over and over with each game. You know, they liked that familiarity and that extended also to the news side as well. You know, there was not a lot of change. And when there was change, it was a big deal, a really big deal. You know, they they really were careful about who they selected. And then there was a lot of uh, marketing and public relations around that change. But, more often than not, they only changed if they really had to. They didn't like to. They, they saw a great value in the, um, the consistency. Yeah, that's a great point because I, as a kid, I remember, uh, you know, Hugh Downs was like 2020 and, right. you know, Brian Gumble was, you know, the Today Show. Or, or, you know, so, and so these folks become brands in, the, in and of themselves that represent the, you know, the, uh, the station, if you will. Yeah, Absolutely. 
And, you know, of course, it was a different time, too, when TV had stature was was higher than, right, than it right. is now. It wasn't as fractured and fragmented. So it just made sense in that in that context to have the same person all the time. Right, right. Like who wait who waits a week to watch their favorite show anymore at a certain time? Like right. our kids don't even understand that concept. No, no, it was appointment television, right? That does not <laughs> exist anymore. <laughs> now the glam, I, you know, I've always wanted to work in New York City. I actually wanted to live in New York City when I was in college, and my kids both, um, you know, I kind of lived through them because they they both had that opportunity. But I can imagine the the excitement of being in the city, the energy that comes with the city. What made you decide to all of a sudden work in Seymour, Connecticut? You know, like because that's a big, big difference. So. Tell me, what, how did that opportunity come up and, and why did you decide it was the right move for you? Sure. So let me comment first on your observation about working in the city. You're spot on. Um, there is nothing like being in New York City on a regular basis um, and working there. I mean, you are really at the epicenter of activity mm-hmm. um, in, in this country, at least. I know there's other important big cities, but I would argue that nothing has the pace and the excitement and the energy of New York. And you do feel it every day. I mean... Uh, it's both um, uplifting and also uh, tiring. You know, by the end of the week, if you, especially if you commute, you're like, holy cow, I mean, you are ready for that, uh, that tall boy that they sell in Grand Central by Friday evening. That's getting you to the end of the week for sure. Um, dragging it on the uh, on, on oh, totally. Central North, yeah. Yeah, you're always like, I'll never be that guy. You're like, oh, God, I need to be that guy. <laughs> anyway, so there's that. And, you know, when I was working at 30 Rock, I mean, it is glamorous. I mean, there's no two ways about it. You would see the talent and also stars, um, you know, around. Not a lot, but it was not uncommon to sort of see them or even maybe bump into them uh, in the bathroom or wherever. So it is. There's a real glamour factor there. And um, one day um, – Somebody called me, again, a contact, and uh, he was acting essentially as a recruiter. He said, Tom, you know, um, uh, this is Bruce. And I said, oh, hi, Bruce. How you been? He's like, you know, how you been? How are things going in BC? I said, oh, they're pretty good. I'm enjoying it still, you know, on the news side, et cetera. And he said, uh, Tom, I have a question for you. I said, okay, Bruce, shoot. He said, can you think outside the box? And I paused and I said, I, I believe I can, Bruce, yes. And then he, he paused and he said, Tom, can you think really outside the box? And I said, I can, Bruce, what's going on? And Bruce said, I want to tell you about a guy I know up in Seymour, Connecticut, and the position that's available. And so Bruce mentioned to me um, a name I had not heard before, and his name was Larry Janeski, mm-hmm. uh, CEO of what is now Contractor Nation. And he said, Tom, they're looking for a director of marketing. It's a marketing and sales company. And I think it'd be a good fit based on what I know of you and your track record um, professionally. I'd like to um, connect you with somebody there. And so... Uh, that began the conversation um, about this uh, enterprise up on a hill, as you point out, in, in a place that couldn't be any more different from uh, Midtown Manhattan, Ramon. And so uh, the conversation started, and here I am today. Yeah, I mean, and Larry, I'm a big fan of Larry's. Uh, I, I love what he's doing. I shouted him out recently on a video. I just, I just think he's got a strong brand, and he's built a great, you know, a great company. Um, what was it? Was it more about him? that drew you to the opportunity or was there something about contractor nation as a challenge for you or did you even have an interest in that industry? Because you're going from journalism to construction and contractors and very blue collar. Yeah. So what, or was it a combination of all those things? That's a great question. And honestly, 
it was a question a lot of people were asking me at the time and still do, and they sort of know my background and, and know where I am now. First and foremost, it was Larry. Mm-hmm. I had never met anybody like yeah. before. Um, he was certainly charismatic. Um, uh, he was incredibly candid with me. Uh, one of the things he told me in the interview process was, Tom, I don't like the media. Mm-hmm. He's like, and I said, I, and I spent my whole career in the media, right? And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Well, thanks for letting me know, Larry. Uh, but he was, I liked that about him. He was very direct and very appealing. And I was so impressed with what he had built, this, this mm-hmm. enterprise that he had built. And what I could tell from the moment I walked in the office, Ramon, that it was a place of high standards. Like mm-hmm. um, everything was set in place. And as he talked, it, everything had a purpose in the office, the layout, the people, of course, the products, all of it, and it was all sort of to X and, and I love that. And um, as I mentioned before, that's always mattered to me in my career. And I've been fortunate to work in environments of high standards. Uh, not all of them have been high level jobs, but my, they were high standards. So that was one thing for sure. Larry himself, I love the mission of the company. He's so driven and so are the people here to help contractors be um, even more successful than they already are. And I love the idea of really just helping people every day and, um, that purpose was very appealing to me. And also for me, you know, speaking candidly, the world I'd entered in journalism and media had changed so much over the course of my career. And I was less comfortable with the direction it had moved in and the values that they had. And of course you realize at different points in your career that Tom Matthews is not likely to turn around the entire media industry and make it think like him. So it's probably Tom, uh, pardon me, time for Tom to find something else. So. You mentioned the word challenge, Ramon, and for me, that it was a big challenge. It was a really big transition in so many ways, but I like challenges, and I felt so comfortable and reassured that Larry was taking this company in such a great direction that I was like, the timing is right. I think I'm, I think I'm the right guy in the right place at the right time here, so I just sort of made the leap. Yeah. Now, our listeners run the gamut from entrepreneurs, business owners, um, you know, marketing, people interested in branding and marketing. But from a leadership standpoint, I could imagine that for you to come into a company like that as a, as a quote-unquote outsider, because you weren't like the homegrown talent that worked his way up to become director of marketing. Larry saw something in you, brought you in. Um, and so I'm curious, from a leadership standpoint, what was one of the first things you did to kind of assert yourself to say, hey, I'm here to, to help? And, and kind of be well, make sure that you were well received by the folks at Contractor Nation. Yeah, that's a really great point. I mean, I'm different than really, as you point out, anybody else that had sort of worked here before, simply by way of my background. By no right. means am I implying that I was better, but I was different. There are a lot of homegrown people here, a lot of very talented people as well. But my background was um, eyebrow raising to them. They're like, wait, you know, you commute to New York every day? What's going on here? Why are you here? So I really, you know, um, I got that question a lot. And I was like, uh, I really, as much as anything, just tried to be myself. I tried to be as genuine as I could with people and just almost ingratiate myself with them to let them know that um, who they think I may be is probably, is in fact, not who I am. You know, I think they had this idea, oh, Tom came from the city, he came from a big corporate job. But I was like, you don't really know what that means. Just like, I don't know what you're like and what it means to be here yet. I, let's learn together about one another. And so um, I asked a lot of questions. Uh, I listened a lot um, and uh, didn't just rush into a lot of decisions, knowing that the more I got to know people, the better off 
I would be when I had to make some hard decisions or make some changes. Um, having said that, there were some changes that had to be made pretty quickly. And so I was decisive in, in some ways. And I think I set the tone early on that I was um, about um, making changes that would improve both our team and our business. I was very clear that that's what I was um, here at Contractor Nation to do, that I was gonna make some changes, but these changes would help everybody on the team become better versions of themselves, make the team um, perform better, and ultimately help the company grow. And so, um, you know, it was hard to do. It, I was different, and they hadn't had a lot of change in this area in a long time. Um, but that was the expectation, and Larry felt uh, that I was the right person to do that and some of the other senior leaders here. And so, you know, I, I started making decisions that had a positive impact. And when you do that, of course, you know, people tend to pay a little more attention to you in terms of following you mm -hmm. and listening to you mm -hmm. um, if, if you're demonstrating through actions, not just words, um, what can be done. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a genius move on, on Larry's part to, uh, to shake it up and, and bring you in and bring the type of talent uh, as yourself in. Were there any tried and true leadership strategies that worked at NBC that you migrated to Contractor Nation? Um, no, I would say no, actually. I, I think that the common denominator, surprisingly, between NBC and Contractor Nation is that they're both really fluid work environments. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is not just being fast paced, but um, we don't operate around um, a lot of meetings and lengthy discussions uh, here at Contractor Nation. We, we are very decisive and certainly we're uh, thoughtful, um, but we want to move quickly because Larry really believes that, you know, um, that experimentation, that quick decision making is much more valuable than sitting around in a room for a long period of discussing and then making uh, a decision. And that was what the news business was like, of course. It's real fast paced, very reactive, and um, you're forced to be highly adaptive. So um, I didn't even recognize that when I first came here. But after a certain amount of time, I'm like, wow, isn't that great? I actually am the right fit. I, maybe Larry saw that. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. But it just turned out that that was a, my ability to be adaptive um, as a leader was incredibly um, helpful to me. Yeah. Because there were a lot of changes taking place here. And at the same time, as you know, uh, Ramon from uh, – you know, spending time with Larry, he moves quickly and he right. wanted to grow and keep growing. He's like, yeah, make changes, but we're not slowing down while we do it. We're going right. to keep chugging ahead. Right. So right. my ability to be adaptive, which is something that I gained over the years in the news business was really helpful. Yeah. Last question about New York, because I can imagine you, there had to be a moment where you're looking out the window in Seymour and you're looking at trees and, and you're saying to yourself like, what the heck did I just do? Because now you don't have all the, the you know, the buildings and the, and the excitement of the city. But was it, did you have that moment or is there anything that you regret or miss the most from New York City? Um, I definitely don't have any regrets. I, I, I'm 100% confident that I made the right decision. Um, so I feel very good about that. I definitely miss the people. Yeah. And I miss, as I mentioned, there, there's a buzz in New York, like I said, it can't be replicated anywhere. Mm. Um, and that really is um, motivating. Mm. You know, when you're hustling on and off the train every day, I mean, I'm a competitive guy. So I know that sounds crazy. But from the moment you get on the train in the morning, I mean, you're competing for a seat. You're fighting and to get out, you're fighting to get in. Oh, totally. I mean, you're just like, hey, I know you're an old lady, but that's okay. It's totally worth it for me. Yeah. Elbow, elbow to the neck to get to the office a minute earlier is totally valid. 
It's a different value system when you come to New York City. So, uh, and, then, and then you're in Connecticut, and then it's like four people at a four-way stop sign, and everybody's trying to let each other go. So oh. nobody, nobody moves, right? <laughs> so, no. You know what's interesting? No, totally. Except me. I'm the one honking. Hey, one of the things I, the biggest adjustment I've had to make, actually, it's funny you said about the pace here in, in Seymour's, I have to, I walk very quickly from, you know, from spending time in New York. I was always, you know, hustling to get to the train, hustling to get to the office. And because it was a busy environment, you hustled around the office. Yeah. And when I first arrived here, I mean, I would be buzzing around the offices here, right? And it's a fluid work environment, but it's not necessarily fast paced. And I could, after a while, I'm like, why is everyone staring at me? I'm like, hey, I'm the, I'm the new good looking guy. I'm like, oh, no, that's not it. What it really is, is why is this guy moving so quickly? That's too much, buddy. And I have had to dial it down a little bit every year since I've been here. So. Tell me. So regrets. Um, I miss the buzz. Yeah. New York's a great place, but glad to be here. No, we're, we're glad to have you. I love seeing you uh, in the community. I know that right now it's a little different, but I enjoyed seeing you at United Way events and, and chamber events. And, Thank you. And, uh, you're a welcome addition to our, our local uh, business community and family. Um, you mentioned the, um, the environment there, which I know I've, I've gone through the buildings. They're gorgeous. Um, tell, tell our listeners a bit about what it's like in there because it's not your normal work environment. There are people that are in tree houses and there's, there are villages. Um, these aren't like, it's not a normal cube farm. It's, it's very creative. Can you share a little bit about what it's like? Sure. So everything is essentially um, designed and handpicked by Larry. He, he takes the physical and um, other aspects of the work culture here very seriously. And he wants to make his mark on it. He really feels um, that uh, it's a special place for his employees. And as he says, when you get hired, I, I hope you'll be here forever. So he wants to create a work environment that would um, allow that to happen. And he also is a very creative guy for a gentleman who's been so successful um, in the business world and financially, he's a very creative person. And that creativity really informs a lot of his thinking and decision-making about workspaces. So you're right. We have um, a, what we call the Treehouse, which is our internet marketing agency um, uh, that um, is a business unit in its own right that literally is full of, of Treehouse workspaces. And there, and it looks a little bit like a Disney, uh, a Disney um, ride, if you will. And then there's something we call Boomtown, which is next to the Treehouse and looks like one of those sort of, uh, old-fashioned mining towns that you, again, would see on a, a Disney lot. And people from our call center are taking calls from all over um, the country there and then uh, passing those calls out to our dealers. And then you'll turn the corner and suddenly you'll be in a very modern um, space that's uh, glass glass walls everywhere and glass offices. And then you turn the corner again and you're in our Forge and Anvil um, office space, which I believe you've seen, Ramon. And mm -hmm. it's really a, de a, a space that's dedicated to the American worker. It's very hard and industrial. And there's even um, a life-size sculpture of that famous photograph, uh, coincidentally, from 30 Rockefeller Plaza called right. Men at Work. The workers, yeah. Yeah, and they're hanging right over our heads, uh, eating their lunches while we're working. So Larry likes the create, creative workspaces. He feels like um, it gets the, the best out of people. And every time he designs a building, and we have nine of them on our campus now, all of them have some sort of Larry touch to them. And they're all a little different from, from the previous new building, just so they're all unique. And um, honestly, it's really refreshing to walk into that uh, kind of place every day. Yeah, no, I love it. And I, the Invictus Theater is just amazing. Uh, yeah. You know, our whole team was there last year for LeaderCast. And um, 
I just love that building. It's just, it looks like the Avengers headquarters or something out of uh, Marvel comics, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. And if I could add one other note about yeah. what, what is important about our buildings is not only our, our, our employees, of course, first and foremost, but as you know, we mm-hmm. operate um, a network mm-hmm. of home improvement um, contractors across North America. And so what Larry has been able to signal to them through his buildings and the design of the workspaces is what's possible for them to wherever they may be. Uh, So pre-COVID, of course, they spent a lot of time on our campuses at trainings and other live events. And every time they came here, what they really were seeing was something that they could do. They could either replicate it in their office space if it was something small. And the building you mentioned, Ramon, with the Invictus Theater, which is home to Larry's local business, Connecticut Basement Systems, what he tells them is, why not you? Right. Why, why only me? Why, you could do this too. So he sets this vision for them of what's possible with their business. And so it's like marketing dealers and our customers as well. So it, it fulfills a couple different purposes. Yeah. Now, do they all go through the entrepreneur school that he opened up there? Um, most of them do. It's, okay. it's not required, but most of them opted into it. And that, of course, is our leadership training course for all the owners of our businesses. And that proved to be really successful. And um, once a month, roughly, we would have them to these live classes. And then we also created a digital version so we could make sure they were still learning. Like any student, you have to stay on them no matter how old they are. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. We're chasing after these guys to do homework, you know, at age 47 here. But uh, so we would do that online. So, um, yeah, it was a great combo of digital and in-person. And it made a huge difference for so many of them. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, Let's talk a little bit about uh, personal branding and, and, you know, you enjoy writing. I've seen a, f- a couple of your, your blog posts on LinkedIn. Tell us a little bit about that. Is that kind of, uh, you, know, uh, you know, scratch any itches you still might have with journalism? Or is it just a way to kind of uh, position, continue to position yourself now as a subject matter expert? Um, I'd say it's a little bit of both. Great question. Um, I've never lost the itch to keep writing. It really is a passion of mine. And because I had such great editors over the year, they really sharpened my writing. And I have found that writing that is succinct and very clear is incredibly valuable in the business world and mm-hmm. uh, in marketing in particular. And you know, when you're around other people that do it all the time, you think, oh, everybody writes like this. But when you start to step out of that area, you realize, hey, I have a real skill here that could be valuable and useful to other people. And so being here at Contractor Nation um, has helped me recognize that, which has been really great for me. And I've been able to uh, help develop some other writers on our team here. Uh, we've launched an internal magazine. It's published three times a year. It's usually between 30 and 40 pages each time. Uh, I oversee that and write for that. And um, yeah, I, I'll never stop uh, loving the art of writing. As frustrating as it can be sometimes, I love the opportunity to do it. I love storytelling. And, you know, I like I said, I feel like I can help people both with their writing and then maybe doing some writing for them and maybe help their business or, or their enterprise grow. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, uh, I do want to get into what's next, but before we do that, um, tell me tell me your best experience with networking. My best experience with networking, you know, like a story I'll where, with, yeah, go. I'll start with a story if it's okay. Sure. And um, you know, as you know, I'm a father, uh, like I'm sure many of your your listeners are, and I know you are, Ramon. And so we're always trying to encourage and teach our children. And so my eldest son, who uh, to protect his his name, uh, will, <laughs> but uh, uh, I basically been encouraging to network more, and uh, it doesn't come naturally to him. He said, "Why, Dad?" And I said, hmm, "Let me think of a way that I can help you understand why it's important." And what I did, Ramon, is I went back 
And I thought about every single, and I mean every single job I've ever had in my life. And everyone but one came through somebody I knew. Now, a listener may say, well, Tom, do you have any real talents or are you always relying on other people? <laughs> no, my point is this. Who you know matters so much because they recommended me. And of course, as you grow older, you realize that nobody's going to hire you unless you have the chops to do the job. Right. But if somebody can highlight you and, and you come with a personal recommendation, it's invaluable, right? So almost every one of the jobs I've ever had, and I told it to my son, and it was the first time, I think, that it really um, helped him understand the value of networking. So I would say, um, you know, I could talk about any one of these opportunities. Again, this one I'm in right now would never have come about if I hadn't networked with a gentleman named Bruce, um, who I was able to get to know personally as well as professionally. So he had a good sense of who I was. And I think that added to his comfort level in recommending me for this job. He, he understood how I operated, what my values were. And so therefore I think he was comfortable saying to Larry, hey, Tom is the kind of person, not only is he have the right skills, but probably more important, Larry, is he's the right person for your company in terms of how you and him will match up from a values point of view. And, you know, my NBC job, again, came from somebody I know. You have to get out there and talk to people because, you know, how are they going to know who you are? They won't know your story. Uh, like, listen, if I had never met you, you wouldn't know my story, which um, I appreciate you finding some interest in. And now here I am talking to you on your podcast and hopefully I'll get a chance to meet some other people through this. Right. Absolutely. And I, I think you mentioned something else that, that, that I, that I promote quite often and that is authenticity um, and, and being genuine. And, and that's, you know, that, that's what Bruce saw and was able to kind of connect the dots. Um, and I also push differentiating yourself. Right. So, you know, yes. these are everything like our, somebody can have similar, similar, uh, skills but they but it's very hard to have similar experiences we all have this unique kind of path that makes us who we are and um and i, and I can see that uh in your story it, it comes through uh yeah that's a great point i think it's really important to embrace that as well i think people tend to undervalue their experiences because like i mentioned a moment ago it's like Oh, everybody's had this experience. You, you make this assumption sometimes that everybody is living some kind of similar life or something like that. Because sometimes when you're driving around, it might feel like that, right? But no, everybody has a great individual experience. And it's up to you as the owner of that experience to help under people, other people understand how valuable that can be to them and whatever they're trying to accomplish. And I think one of the biggest mistakes I made um, early on in my career was sort of living under this notion that, you know, it's not a good idea to promote yourself, to kind of go the humble route. That was silly, if not dumb. <laughs> you know what I mean? I should have been sharing my experience or not that I'm, but it's valuable. And it's helped me understand myself better and what I can do in the world. So, um, you know, I, I think more people should be comfortable in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. I, I look at it as a ministry and in, in that you're, you know, it's the, the gifts you have, it's preordained that you should be sharing them and, 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 and impacting people and inspiring others. And, you know, I, you know, you could be Da Vinci and if you never come out of your basement, you know, nobody will ever see your paintings. You know, it's like you've, you've got to get out there. And, and, um, and I think you're doing that in a number of ways, especially with your blogs and, and, and the yeah. writing. So uh, I want to get to, this new launch that you're involved with. Tell us about what's next and, and what was cooking. So um, I've, as I mentioned, I've, I always had the itch to write and really edit. And one of the things I've 
come to realize through my work here, actually, at Contractor Nation is, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a strong writer. I'm certainly by no means a superstar, writer, but I'm a strong writer. But what I'm equally good, if not better at, is is polishing something that's already good and making it excellent. Mm. And so what I've learned through my work here is a lot of people struggle with finding the right words um, to convey a message or express their feelings. And um, I've realized that I can be very helpful in that regard in terms of finding the right words for them. And again, I didn't know that that was unique to me, but as I've spent more time here over the last few years working with different people in that regard, both uh, in uh, my office, as well as some of our dealers, our customers out um, across the country, and as well as friends, you know, I've realized, hey, I, I sort of have a knack for this. And what I've realized is I'm able to put together two things that really matter to me, and that is uh, writing and editing. Um, if you look at that as sort of one group, and then the other part of it is helping people. I'll never derive a greater pleasure in life than helping somebody else find a better level of success and get to a better place. It's just I've learned something that really gives me true joy. Um, and however it may happen, that's when, when I'm at my happiest. So I'm like, let me think of a way to partner uh, what I'm uh, pretty good at and what makes me happy. And that turns out that um, is this new writing service I've, uh, I'm launching. I just published the website this week called yourwordsbutbetter.com. Because the idea, and hopefully uh, people will get to uh, understand this, that little tagline, your words, but better. It's like, I'm not looking to um, come up with every word for you. Most people are close to knowing what they want to say. They just can't get there. And I can help them get there so they can create a better, more effective message, um, particularly for small businesses to help them grow and get them sort of beyond that frustration point and get their idea out into the world. It's not my idea. I'm just... Um, articulating a little more clearly or effectively what you know you want to say. Nobody will ever know better than you, for example, Ramon, what you want to do with parole to design, right? Um, in your case, you may have the words for it, but a lot of people don't. So I don't want to take over their, um, their, their thoughts or their vision. I just want to give words to that um, and help uh, get that message out into the world. And so ideal clients would be small businesses, Yes, definitely. Um, in no particular industry, okay. but I have uh, come to realize through my, my work here uh, at Contractor Nation, as well as some other uh, folks I know who own their small businesses, that's a real struggle for them. Listen, a small business owner is swamped, as you know, with responsibilities, so many different things. And all the while, you're actually trying to, your goal when you started the thing was to grow this thing, right? To, to build something special and unique in the world. And for a lot of people, they're just, you know, treading water to get through the day. And uh, that's not how the business owner should operate. So I can't do everything for them, of course, but I can help them with their words so they can market themselves better. Because if you want to grow, obviously you're going to have to spend a lot of time marketing and selling. You've got to generate leads for yourself. And so I can help them with, it, with at least that um, and, and point them in a better direction and uh, get them back to sort of the growth pattern that they had hoped for. Yeah, I, I love what you said there because I, I call that the holy grail, you know, or the trifecta. If you can use your gifts, help people and make money, you know, and find whatever that is. I mean, it's the real key to happiness because you're, you're making a difference. You're, you're earning a living and you're using your, your, your God given gifts and talents and experiences. So I wish you the best with that. And what would be, what would be the best way for folks to find you? You mentioned the website. Is that, is there a form that they fill out or do they just email you there or? 
Sure. They can, they can go to the, the site, yourwordsbutbetter.com. There is a contact form on the site. You can learn a little bit about the services I offer and my background. And then you can, yeah, just fill in, fill in the uh, contact form and reach out to me. And I, and I can tell you, have a conversation to start say, hey, Tom, this is my problem. I'm not sure you're the right person. It's okay. We'll, we'll talk and uh, I'll figure out if I can be the person to help you best. And I'm also active on LinkedIn, as you pointed out, uh, Ramon. Um, uh, I, I write um, original content frequently. I'm sharing a lot of content. And so those are probably the two best places to reach me right now. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Tom, thank you for making some time, uh, you know, f- to be on our show. It's, it's been a real pleasure to learn even more about you. I think you're, you're an amazing individual that's, that's making an impact, you know, in a lot of people's lives. Larry's lucky to have you there for sure. Uh, and, um, listen, we'll do it again. And it's just been a pleasure. I, I really pre- ha- appreciate, you, you know, having you on our show. Well, listen, Ramon, it's, it's been a pleasure speaking with you as always. I'm sorry it wasn't at Katz's Deli over a pastrami sandwich, but uh, <laughs> we'll be doing that again soon, hopefully. But listen, I, I can my super fortunate experience um, that have already taken place and to be here at Contractor Nation. And I'm really excited about the opportunity to help leaders and business owners uh, with their language to help them find even greater success. So thank you. Absolutely. I, I definitely think our listeners will find a lot of value in that and hopefully you'll, you'll see a bump in some web traffic uh, Definitely. very soon. So thank you. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mission Control. Until next time, this is Ramon Peralta from Peralta Design and We Launch Brands. Thank you for taking this journey with us. To learn more about Peralta Design and our work, go to www.peraltadesign.com and subscribe to keep up with the crew. 